Welcome in. This is a new venture for us here at Illini Inquire. It's not like we're new to this radio or audio, whatever you want to call it, uh, way of communicating, but we're going to start our Illini Inquire podcast. This is actually, I got to be honest, our second run through this. We Sorry. actually did a podcast. <laughs> Preseason game beforehand. I, I think there's aired. probably only one person, if maybe Trevor Valise listened to it, maybe Austin Berkland listened to it. I don't um, think they did, unfortunately. Yeah. We have zero listeners. So I don't think anyone has listened to that, but it was good. It, it was good, but uh, yeah, just the timing didn't work up. We thought we were going to be ready to, to post it, and then it was like a week later where everything cleared with CBS. So that one just kind of went through the wayside, but it was nice practice for us if we needed the practice. But here we go. What is the Illini Inquirer podcast going to be? It's not going to be the Jeremy Warner show. I can I can tell you that because I already do that. It's going to have Isaac Trotter, who's right here. Hello, Isaac. How are you? And Derek Piper. What's up? Maybe you guys will just do it days without me. We just um, kick him off, right? Yeah. yeah, we could. We we hope to at least have something weekly. Um, but this is a great place for breaking news for after games. But I just don't want me leading it. It's going to be all of us uh, today. It might be me leading it a little bit because I like control of the the steering wheel sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is this is going to be just a, a place where we can react, reach out to you Illini fans, and give you even more uh, content. But uh, this should be a lot of fun. It gives it gives us just another way. And I know for you guys uh, who who do radio and do it really well. This another chance for you guys to kind of spread your wings too at this thing yeah it's definitely exciting uh get a chance to to fill in quite a bit here espn 93.5 but uh excited for me because you know usually you're gone or you know lon's gone so now we all get to be in the same room and and talk about illini and break it all down so uh it's gonna be a good time and it's cool because like jeremy and i cover the football beat really hard you got the basketball beat we can kind of go around the room a little bit and touch on a lot of different things recruiting wise and and then after games i think it'll be really fun just to get that immediate reaction Mm -hmm. you can listen to it on your drive home if you're coming from chicago to come down watch an illinois game you can listen to it on your way back because we'll get it up as fast as possible it'll be something that you can just listen to right away it gives you something different than just a post-game show and, and it's something that we can maybe go a little bit more in depth with too with some awesome guests so and, fired and up. one thing i did last year that kind of has petered off for me is i've done a lot of long i did some long-form interviews with some media people and that's kind of petered off just because i've been my personal life with a baby girl and two kids it's been more difficult but this could be an area where I drop that stuff too. If we want to do stuff, we want to do interviews, we can do that stuff here as well. But we're always going to get to the news of the week, and it's a, it's a little football y right now, especially, which is kind of surprising maybe in June. This is usually a big time for recruiting, but the transfer market continues to be very interesting. There's a wide receiver visiting, and they surely need one of those. But the most important thing is they need a transfer quarterback. And Michigan transfer quarterback Brandon Peters visited a week and a half ago. And from all things that I hear, this is going to happen. This is very likely to happen. Might not hear until the end of the month and after he graduates from Michigan, but uh, Brandon Peters, it sounds like he's not going to take his visits to those MAC programs, which isn't that big of a surprise. But for a guy that started a couple Big Ten games, uh, a guy who wants that opportunity to start the Power Five level, from everything I've heard, he's a good kid. Um, he's, he's a very talented one with, with the arm strength. He can run a little bit. Obviously, that's not his biggest strength, but he, he's got an arm. And he Obviously, Jim Hart Ball liked him enough to add him as a recruit, was a top 100 recruit uh, when he came out. So him and Rod Smith seemed to hit it off very well. They seemed to be on the same page. I don't think they guaranteed a starting spot, but they just had to show him, listen, it's you and a freshman, right? Isaiah Williams. 
you're going to have a great opportunity to start week one, a great opportunity to start more Big Ten games. And this is so important for Illinois just because Matt Robinson is the only quarterback on the team right now that's passed at the college level. He has six passes to him. So huge to get Brandon Peters in the fold. Hopefully that news will come out in a couple of weeks or, or, or in the in the soon soon time frame. But if you look at the on-the-field impact for Peters, he's just going to give you another veteran. I think that you could pretty much confidently say he's the most talented thrower that, the, uh, that Illinois has had since West Lunt. Yeah. Um, no doubt in my mind. I mean, just what he brings to the field is something that Illinois didn't have last year. And everyone talks about, okay, he's not a great fit because of a pro-style quarterback and he can't run. Honestly, I kind of disagree because Illinois struggled with the pass game so much last year. If you get that going a little bit, that can open up the run game for you. And then you're not such a one-dimensional team where everybody's focused on Reggie Corbin having to shut him down. Yeah, and I think you, you, you utter that name, Wes Lunt. And because it was a little bit of a disappointing career, listen, they could use a Westland, right? Like they could use a guy who can throw like that, but he is a better athlete. He runs a sub five forty. What was it? Four eight forty. There, there's film that shows he can escape. He's not afraid in the pocket. At times, Westland, and I don't blame him for his offensive right. line looked petrified in the pocket, especially given his injury history. I don't think Brandon Peters is going to be that. He's more poised. Is he going to give you a quarterback who lifts you into the the upper half of the Big Ten? I don't think so, but he's got the talent to play for you and raise your floor well, in 2019 well, we and about, 2020. That's, that's a huge right, thing here. Right. Two years of eligibility. You hope you stabilize the, the quarterback position with him and Isaiah Williams. We talk about the West Lunt and like this bad term, and we but remember, even with the bad offensive line, with Geronimo Allison and Malik Turner, and then he had Josh Ferguson and a, a good running game with Keyshawn Vaughn too, right? He threw for 2,700 yards in 2015 with 14 touchdowns and six interceptions. That's a great year. You're going to take that from Brandon. Rating, yeah. That's a you're going to take that if Brandon Peters brings that in because I do think you have a really good offensive line starting wise. I think you have good running backs that you like. If you're able to land a one more grad transfer wide receiver, you have to feel pretty good about Trayvon Sidney and Ricky Smalling. And then you have Luke Ford, who's a, one of the bigger X-Factors on the team. So you have some pieces here that you could surround Brandon Peters with so he's not a fish out of water. And he has an opportunity to really showcase what he has. Really raises the floor, right, yeah. for this team with Brandon Peters. And you think about throwing someone in there, the early part of the schedule with UConn and Akron, and, and I forget the third one in there. Eastern you, Michigan. Eastern yeah. Michigan before you get to Big Ten play. If Isaiah's not ready, you think that Brandon Peters is a guy that can win you three game, football games. If, I mean, he can beat Minnesota right? Yeah, a couple right. years ago. I think he can beat those teams, yeah. He yeah, can beat I, Purdue if, he's down, if they're down. Right, absolutely. So when you look at Reggie Corbin, the proven running game, if you get into a third and four, I want a quarterback that can make a short to intermediate throw. I think looking at the film, he can do that overwhelmingly better than even a Matt Fink who's yeah. staying at USC. Uh, I've seen enough in the little tape that I've watched that if he's a tight end crossing pattern or a 10-yard out or a 5-yard hook, this is a guy that can stand in the pocket and deliver those fo- those throws. So in competition with Isaiah, it gives another guy that's been in the Big Ten that's serviceable. I just think it raises your floor. And then also, I'm not too worried about fit because – I like the creativity that Rod Smith has, and now you're not doing maybe read option, but how about some RPO that you could do with Corbin and then a quick slant that yep. you're you're you know baiting the linebackers on, on what you're going to do? I mean, you talk to the staff, like, yes, they would rather have a guy like Khalil Tate, right? Like everybody yeah, would. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> everybody would, right? But you can tweak some things. Maybe it's not the perfect fit for what you want. Rod does want an Isaiah Williams type to eventually be that runner, but you got to be able to be a passing threat. And, and Illinois really wasn't at all uh, last year. 
I mean, he reminds me his game of MJ Rivers. I mean, just a guy who's been in a system and in a good program like MJ Rivers the last couple years. So if MJ were here compared to Brandon Peters, I don't know how much higher the floor gets. It's just this guy has won at a good program. Right. And and this... We talk about, is this going to affect Isaiah Williams? I don't think it affects him at all, right? Because at the end of the day, no matter if Brandon Peters is going to be an Illini or not, Isaiah Williams was going to have to come in and fight for this job and compete at a high level to beat out Matt Robinson or Karan Taylor. Now there's just another guy in the room. It just gives you another added depth here. If Isaiah Williams is better... He'll play. Yep. If Brandon Peters is better, he'll play. It's called and a that's competition. A, and that's okay, right? And that is okay. You can have multiple talented quarterbacks. Because Isaiah... <laughs> that's an okay thing at this level. It seemed level. like it hasn't been a lot right. around here. <laughs> well, it's, it, it, like, Isaiah's not going to transfer if he doesn't win the job on week one. Like That's just yeah. not the type of player he is. He wants to stay with Corey Patterson. He's all in on Levy Smith. So that's not the, the issue here. Brandon Peters is a low-risk, high-reward ad for Illinois. Would be a great get. And what's your stat? Six top one or 200 kids that they if bring they, in? If they land Peters and Imator Bebe, that'd be six top 200 players that they've added via the transfer market, and that's pretty dang good. I mean, I, these guys aren't proven, right? So that ranking might not justify it, but that's a talent ranking, right? And Illinois doesn't have many players. They don't have many players who look like Josh Imator Bebe, who is on an official visit right now. It's Friday afternoon, uh, and things seem to be going pretty well, and I think Illinois has a good chance of landing him. The interesting part here is Illinois showed a lot of interest early, and Imator Bebe didn't really really reciprocate that much and everyone seemed to think he was going to Virginia but then Deshaun Brissett the Illinois commit who was from Richmond um, he decides to flip to Virginia and that opens the door for Emitzer Bebe possibly come here but 6'2"-ish 6'3", maybe 215 pounds absolutely chiseled uh, former top 200 prospect had offers like 30 something offers name the school he basically had it um, and this is a guy who's got an elite vertical maybe not the fastest or quickest twitch guy but a really really good athlete and you put him with Smalling and Trayvon Sidney that's a talented group. All of a sudden, that wide receiver group, it's not proven, but it's got talent, and that's what they need at that position. They need more talent. And Immator Baby is a ball winner, right? And, and you have Ricky Smalling, who you think is a ball winner, and you have Immator Baby on the other side, and then you add a Luke Ford into the mix there down the slot or down the seam, and then you have in the slot Trayvon Sidney. Now you're looking at weapons in the pass game that you go, okay, I, I like where this is going. And so if for Immator Baby, I think it's huge for Illinois to get him for an official visit. I think they have as good a chance as any to land him. Him. There isn't any other. Right. <laughs> and and you have the cell here now. Wale Batiku, USC transfers here. You have Trayvon Sidney. Now make it a third. That's what is it? Well, you, the Illinois Trojans. Is that what we've heard a couple USC, times? USC, Midwest. Yeah. Right. And, and that's all huge. One thing we haven't talked about either. Immator Bebe has two years of eligibility, too. So he can showcase a lot this year, get even better with another offseason, another year of seasoning, regardless of who's under center, and be another impact player next year. I'm fans of players that look like they belong in the Big Ten. Yes. And USC has guys that belong in Power Five. It's hard to play wide receiver when you got guys like Juju Smith-Schuster in front of you. It is hard. I understand that, what does he have, two catches in his career? Yeah, he's not proven. Right. None of these guys I'm talking about are proven. On paper right now, just on paper as far as production, your receiving core, just passing game weapons, particularly without Luke Ford in it, is pretty... Terrible. Brutal. In the Big Ten. Of course, in the Big Ten, not close. It's pretty bad, but as far as physical tools and physical skills, if you got a guy that's 6'2", can go high point uh, a jump ball or, or whatnot for a young quarterback... Why not? It's better than what you have. Yeah. So I'd be excited about it. Yeah. So, I mean, I've said this before. I don't think all of these guys are going to work out, right? Like, not all of these transfers are going to be huge impact players, future NFL players for you, 
but they're better than what you have talent-wise. And they're going to get on the field just because they're talented. And at the end of the day, that's what you want. And Illinois needs more of it is this kind of talent. Plus, we talk about they're pretty good walking off the bus, too. They look pretty good, <laughs> too, right? Him. Wally Batiku, you watch him walk in and you go, look out. <laughs> well, you start to look at this Illinois team. I mean, just if we're doing step off the bus. Right. This Lovey Smith roster now looks a lot different than Tim Beckman's roster. Much different. When I mean, it comes to just stepping off the all bus. All right, let's think of the guys that really stand up. Daley Harding stands out when he gets off the bus. Alex Palcheski, Wally Batiku. Sadly, Bobby Roundtree would have been one of yes. those guys. Right? Um, Nate Hobbs is a yeah. pretty, pretty chiseled dude when he comes off the bus. Uh, Reggie Corbin has calves as big as my head, right? Yeah. Like. So you're you're starting know, to especially get on the front line, Virtus Brown, you know, guys like that. They're they're really improving. Can there. we can we grade these pipelines really quick? Yes. The USC to Illinois pipeline, the Trinity Catholic to Illinois pipeline, the Macarvin Fire to <laughs> Illinois pipeline, and the Dustin Ford Canada to <laughs> Illinois pipeline. All right, we gotta go the Trinity we gotta go Trinity Catholic pipeline number one because okay. they're getting you in football and That's possibly basketball possible. too. So you yeah. got two for one there. And go USC too? Yeah. Yes. We need no, well, the thing is, Kalkbrenner could be both. Right. It's true. He could, and he if could you throw, throw Adam in there, Adam Miller would be if huge. If you throw in there with Iowa. Now, Macarvin yeah. Fire could quickly go to number one here. He could. Right? Trinity's hard to beat, though. Trinity is hard to beat, especially if they land a couple more, especially one Mookie Cooper. That'd be take him to the top again. Canada, we're still waiting. Still waiting. Is he getting any at Ohio? <laughs> I, or no, Akron, Akron, I, I haven't seen it quite yet. Yeah, I haven't quite no. seen it. The trickle-down effect just didn't really translate <laughs> yeah. there for some reason. Uh, speaking of Mookie Cooper, Illinois is in his top five. I mean, this is no surprise. Mm-mm. But to see that publicly, it just I think it shows people nationally that, yes, Illinois is a major player here. And I put in a uh, crystal ball for Mookie Cooper the day, one of the days after he decommitted from Texas. And some people have changed and, and moved it to Miami. Some people have moved it to Ohio State. I, I'm not going to change it until probably he makes his decision in December unless I hear something completely different or if Illinois doesn't win enough games because I think they got the relationship. He's been to campus countless amounts of times, double digit at this point. I saw him at the Lindenwood camp wearing that orange hoodie and he flashed to some of his friends a Liddyville shirt underneath it. Um Listen, I, I don't think it's a done deal, but this is one of those that I just feel like Illinois has been in the lead. They're the constant in this recruitment. And at the end of the day, it's, it might be Ohio State. It might be USC where he's taking an official visit. It's going to be Illinois versus Blue Blood. Right. And w- could it be difficult for Illinois to win that in the end? Maybe, but I think they're the one constant. Well, it's it's so fascinating because Texas, USC, Ohio State, Miami all have clearly the better football history yes. than Illinois. Illinois just Arguably. Has, right. <laughs> <laughs> Illinois just has this guy named Corey Patterson. Somehow that always seems to pay off. And Isaiah Williams. Too. And Isaiah Williams, too. And you've watched Trinity Catholic since they were these kids were young. Mm-hmm. And you've said to me oftentimes, you love Isaiah, you love Shimon Cooper, Jalen St. John's, great. Yeah. Mookie Cooper's the best player down in Trinity Catholic. He's the best prospect they have down there. I, Isaiah could end up being the best college player, but if you told me who's going to be an NFL guy, NFL star, it's Mookie Cooper. And you wonder what that on-the-field impact would look like? I think it's Rondale Moore. That tight. And, and what Rondale Moore did for Purdue put them on the national scene. They're relevant. You know, Jeff Brom is you know now one of the offensive savants, right? It, that's what Rod Smith could look like if Mookie Cooper is here, and that's the type of player that you add to that type of scheme. When's so, the last time they had that kind of guy? Regis and Richard, probably, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Does that push you to throw Isaiah in the mix? Maybe if you're not, you know, you lose a couple of Big Ten games, and if you're still riding with Brandon Peters. I mean, I think you're going to want to see Isaiah regardless. Anyway, like two and four, yeah. or two and five, and Brandon Peters is still your quarterback. I'd be surprised. Yeah, yeah. 
Right. right. If you're like me, you though, I'm them? campaigning for Isaiah week one. <laughs> no matter who the quarterback is, I, I'm cool with that. Because at some point, what's your sell? It's Isaiah leading yeah. this program. Exactly. And that's your sell to Josh Whitman, too. And, yeah, and just fans, the future just of the to program. Be excited, right? right yeah. About the future. So, yeah, I, I think Illinois got a good chance. And, yeah, I've seen him play. Like, what do you have? 29 catches, 12 1 for touchdowns last year. Average 30 yards. I, and I know it's not the biggest, greatest competition uh, at St. Louis with their class, but he's just a different speed. Than everybody else. Just thinking about him taking a little crossing route over the middle and turning an eight-yard yeah. pass into a fifty-yard gain is just ridiculous. I mean, it's a little Jeff Thomas-esque, right? And yes. that's the type of player that Tavon Austin. Ooh, I mean that that type of playmaker. Ron Dale is a great comp to that, and that's yeah. not ridiculous because Ron Dale is what top one hundred and fifty, and Mookie's top one hundred and fifty. And you can do so many different things with him. You can have him at wide receiver. You can put yeah. him at running back. Just it, it would be very exciting. Illinois will have as good a chance as any once December rolls around. Yeah, the Lindenwood camp on Friday. That's where I saw Mookie. Talked to him a little bit. Uh, some other guys that were in a line. I hear Jalen St. John was rocking the Illinois polo. That's the second straight camp he's rocked Illinois gear. Tennessee's one that's kind of coming up there. The three-star offensive line. That's who we're talking about, Jalen St. John. Tennessee's kind of coming up there, uh, and I think they're pushing hard. And I think Jalen, being around Mookie, kind of has this feeling of, I'm going to enjoy it like Mookie, because Mookie's kind of now one of the leaders. Isaiah just kind of shut it down. Um, I don't. Mookie's not that, and I think that's going to rub off on everybody else. So Jalen's going to take some visits, but from everything I've heard, everyone I talk to around Jalen, and even Jalen himself, says Illinois is the leader. They're number one. they sit well with him, but at some point you want to close it. And I don't know if there's anything more Illinois can do other than just let the kid take his visit. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about offensive line is such a big need, and Marcus Harper was a great get, the first commit in the class of 2020, but he decommits. Looks like Oregon's going to get an official visit. They're right in there in the mix. Josh Baker was a guy that you really liked. Well, he commits to Arizona today as of this afternoon. And Jalen St. John's probably the number one offensive lineman target right now out there. And that's a great get for you if you're able to get that done, and it continues that pipeline. And I really think Reggie Love has a big impact in this one, too the four-star running back from Trinity Catholic who committed to Illinois earlier this year uh, because Love and St. John are close friends. They're tight, and that's another impact there. It makes everything just easier to come up to Illinois, and I I really think Illinois is a clear leader here. Uh, Derek, what is the percentage of guys that Illinois basketball hits on when they wear Illinois gear before they come? <laughs> We don't have quite the runway show. <laughs> I'm kind of jealous that we don't got to – Keep up with this in AAU and everything. I think Corey Patterson might have encouraged some of that wardrobe because yeah. even Joe Moore was wearing Illinois gear. Uh, and a lot of people, we've seen some Iowa crystal balls for him. I think right. Illinois is a major player. But um, his coach made him actually take it off because he didn't want to take Who was phone the calls. wide receiver f- that committed to Missouri? From St. Louis, oh, that had Illinois. Massey. Maurice Massey. He remember when he, he put that on Instagram, putting on Illinois on there, and then when he was saying he was making a commitment yeah. video and goes to Missouri. Yeah, uh, some new offers: 2020 offensive lineman Javante Spragans. He's lost. He's from East St. Louis. Uh, he lost about 25 pounds. He's always been powerful. He's always crushed everybody, but he's kind of short armed and not that long. But he looked really agile. And, and Bob McLean was at the Lindenwood camp, just using his iPhone, you know, uh, recording everybody. He was on. Spragans all the time. They offered uh, in the middle of that camp. Then uh, Lucas Van Ness, Barrington defensive end. Both these guys like top 30, 20 to 30 prospects in the state. This is their wheelhouse. These are the kind of guys that aren't going to get the headlines, Derek, of, of people that fans are going to go crazy about. But this is where you build a foundation, and I think this is where you can really start to get that in-state. But these guys are Power 5 players. Van Ness might not be as electric as Joe Moore or Noah Orenze, but he's a Power 5 defensive lineman. Javonsa Spragans might be a center, but he's an East St. Louis kid. He's a Power 5 guy. In the past, you haven't 
some of your struggles are not getting those even five to ten as far as the top ten players in the state getting down that list and just landing yeah as you said guys that belong in the power five that you can develop over time and work with and we've seen this staff already been able to identify talent that may not be you know four-star quality but you got to be able to fill out your roster with guys that belong in the power five you're not reaching too much but within your state that matters as far as uh, you know surplanting I, I think connections. Guys like Jamal Milan, yeah. um, Alex Palczewski, Vidariel, uh, Kendra Green ended up being a big one, but at one point he was like the number 25 recruit in the state, and then he right. had a huge senior year and went crazy. Yeah, those guys are important. you got to be able to identify that, build the relationships, and then when you're starting, they, they've done great down in St. Louis, but expanding it throughout the state is really important as well. Well, you think about the class of 2018, how many of those guys, just like Van Ness, right, that we're talking about, got away. Whether that's a J.J. Goodday, he gets away and goes to Minnesota. Peyton Thorne goes to Michigan State. You have others. Duke Olgis is a guy that you had right in your wheelhouse you're talking to. You were one of the first offers for. Well, he goes to Northwestern. Dave Minot. Yeah. Right in your wheelhouse goes to, goes to Purdue. So it's important for Illinois to get ahead of the game with these guys. I like the fact what they're what they're doing with both Spragans and Van Ness. And you get these guys, you bring them in. Maybe they're not day one starters for you, but they're good culture guys. And maybe they compete by year three, you know, as yeah. redshirt sophomores. That That's not a bad thing. Uh, Isaac, I'm going to throw this at you. Yeah. I didn't throw this on the list. Of the visitors for tonight's Friday Night Lights camp. So we're recording this on Friday before the Friday Night Lights camp. Which one is the most important? Um, Marcellus Moore, I think, is probably the most important. I think he's the biggest name on this list for me, just to get him back, because I don't think A.J. Henning is going to happen, and I think you could use multiple slot receivers, and he's elite speed. Noah Renze could be in that conversation for me, too. I think it's Willis Singleton, the defensive tackle out of Gurney, who's going to make a decision soon. I, I think that's where the urgency is, because you offered him, his dad went here, uh, he's recently gotten a Michigan State offer. Iowa State is making a lot of headway there. They were the first Power Five to offer. This is again like we were talking about with Derek. One of these guys you gotta land. So Denver Warren's getting all these accolades. Willis Singleton is an Illinois kid. He's a um, a guy that you don't gotta worry about. Great student, all those things. I just think he fits what they want to do. And I don't know if he's gonna be the star of this class, but he's just a no doubt Power Five defensive lineman that can be a good starter. For you me. talk to Austin Clark. They think that Singleton is better than Warren, and you don't get the baggage, right? And the love of the top 15 list, and oh, it's, you know, whatever it is, it's June, and I'm going to release a top 27 of teams that have offered, right? So that's why I, I, that's a good call. Singleton is a good call, but I think Marcellus Moore is in this discussion too because speed. that speed isn't something you have. He is ridiculously fast. Maybe, maybe the fastest player you have left on this board. The only fear is, right, a good co- program with the track and field program yeah. comes in that offers, and he can do both. But Illinois does have a good sell with Marquez Beeson saying, hey, Beeson's yeah. coming up here to do track and play football. You can do that too. He can do both here. That's not a question. It's just, does he want to go to if Oregon comes in or Texas comes in? I think that's going to be difficult. Quentin McCoy, a defensive tackle out of Florida, is visiting soon. I think Illinois has done a really good job, especially Austin Clark, uh, of pushing for him. All right, MLB draft. Uh, a bunch of Illini get drafted. Six Illini get drafted. What was that? Third most, I believe, yes. in program history. Second. Second, Second most. Michael Massey goes to the Royals in the fourth round. Jack Yalowitz, the Rockies in the 10th. Uh, ben Troike to the Rays in the 11th. Cyril Watson to the Dodgers in the 23rd. I'm missing a couple others. 
Sefcik. Uh, Sefcik went in the 24th round. To the Reds. To the Reds. And uh, Zach Taylor went to the Cubs as well. Biggest takeaways there, Isaac, from from the draft. Um, Massey going high in the fourth round was really good for him. I thought the the back injury might mess with his draft stock a little bit. It didn't. Um, That's great for him. He is going to be Whit Merrifield's you know, replacement, right? That's that's who he can replace in a couple years. And Massey just doesn't have a lot of flaws in his game, and you can yeah. see why he's the highest middle in years. And, that, and that's a really cool thing for an Illini to get to get like that. Um, a couple others. I was shocked Zach Taylor went so low. I'm also a little annoyed that the Cubs got him because I really <laughs> liked him as a player. He runs everything down in center field. He was the first Illini in a long time to have 10 homers and 10 stolen bases in back-to-back back to back. years. So that's a really good get by the Cubs. Like, if you're going to take a flyer on a guy in the 25th round, that's a great chance to do it. I hate to make it negative, but it just is disappointing that this team, obviously on paper now with the MLB draft picks, just faltered at the end of the season. Only four in the postseason. Yeah, Yeah, that's really disappointing. And for them, they thought this was the year. Like, they thought since 2015, they've been building to this year. And for it to end that way is, yeah, really disappointing. They're going to have to replace so many starters next year. I mean, Mm -hmm. they do return Ty Weber, who's a a great pitcher. They return Garrett Acton, one of the best closers in the big surprise to me. Right, but exactly. He, he's, me too. He, said, he turned down. Uh, Drew Dickinson told me this week he turned down uh, offers at the beginning of like the tenth, eleventh, twelfth round. Yeah, hmm. it, it's interesting. It's very interesting. But they get him back. But you just have to replace Massey. You got to replace Taylor. Those are both all Big Ten players. Andy Fisher's first team All Big Ten pitcher, and to go out the way they did was tough too. Because Clemson kind of ran him off the field toward the end of that game, and then to have a four nothing lead with your ace on the mound against Jacksonville State, who's mm-hmm. never won an NCAA tournament game in the seventh inning, and lose. Yeah. Oh, and you had Massey bunt with first and second. That was not a good week for Dan Harold. Uh, The NCAA, let's switch to hoops. The NCAA moved back the three-point line to the international distance, which is just over, uh, was it 21 feet? Like yeah, a, it's back feet. a foot and a half, essentially. Yeah. Okay, so I think it's 21, an inch, an inch and, three and quarters. three quarters. Yeah. Derek, what do you think of this? What do you think of this rule change? How do you think it affects college basketball in general? I like it. I don't think it's going to play such a huge factor because it's just a foot and a half. But then again, Brad Andrew would tell you, and I'm sure other coaches would tell you as well, provides more spacing. And for an offense that's running the spread and putting four guys on the perimeter and a guy down low, it it does open up driving lanes. It opens up the post-up game and the, you know, the throw it in and kick it back out. So I think that is exciting for an offense that is as spaced out as it is, having the cutters. Even I like the high-low action more as you're extending it out. And for an Illinois team, they only returned two guys that shot above 35% from three. So does it help them there? I mean, whether it's a foot and a half up or a foot and a half back, they got to make threes. Does this hurt Illinois defensively, That's though? exactly where I was going. Because <laughs> uh, when this rule came out, I go, wait, there's more room now for more driving space, lanes? More like, driving true. lanes. True. I think in, but then again, in general, like you, you got to stop the ball. You got to keep guys in front of you. That's, that's you got to guard the three point line. I mean, yeah. it's just basic defense. No matter foot and a half or not, these guys got to be able to play defense. Derek, do you think that the Kofi will have a big impact defensively for Illinois? Like, do you think that adding him to the mix positively having and a, negatively? Yeah, like how much of an impact do you think that'll have? Uh, I, I think it depends on how stubborn Brad Underwood is, I think, as far as we're going to play this pressure deny. He's he's already – the talk around the program is they're going to change the way they guard ball screens. They have to. There's no way Kofi's getting out 
30 feet away from the basket and trying to hard hedge. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guys are going to go right by him or he's not going to be able to recover. So that's going to change. But then also, I, I think there's going to be times where he's going to be around the basket and a guard goes in and he either blocks a shot or just that big physical presence is going to make it hard to finish around the rim. So I think you're going to have a trade-off of both. I just think you're going to be tempted – Maybe early, you got to get burned a couple of times. You're going to be tempted to play zone when he's in the game. Yeah. Which is so on brand under It is. <laughs> it is. But you think about having a situation where you could have a lineup of Io and Allen and Tevian and Georgie and Kofi on the floor at the same time. That's some length there for a zone it's that length. would look pretty good. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Tom, I, I thought the zone would have made a ton, ton of sense if you got Holyfield to play the three. They're like, Holyfield's uh, going to play the three, is what I had heard. Yeah. It's like, all right, play Syracuse zone. Yeah. But I don't know. I didn't have it. How much is he going to practice at? That's what I'm <laughs> yeah, I know. Here's what I, know. I would do: put Tev at the three because he's just as long as Holyfield. That's a good point. Yeah, it's a good point. You, you gotta get stops, man. All right, uh, two scholarships left for hoops. Mm-hmm. Kuma is on board officially. Kuma's, Kuma's uh, on board. So where where is this going, Derek? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's kind of the answer. I mean, Addison Patterson is still in the mix as a reclass option. Oregon still seems like the major player. I just put it. Crystal ball in today for Oregon with Addison Patterson. Uh, he's going to reclass by everything that he's said to me or said to everybody really this spring. Uh, a little bit surprised that he took a step step back in the rankings. We'll talk about that in a second. But uh, outside of that, they're still kind of evaluating. You know, guys show up on campus this weekend. It's not yeah. surprised that there aren't that many options. Guys just sitting there without a place to go. So we saw before in previous years, Khalid Lewis came available late in like July. Adonis they added in July. Someone might pop up here, but right now you're kind of just standing pat and and maybe if you go into the year with one open, that's kind of standard. That's kind of normal. Yeah. But two is I don't know, you'd like another guy. Is it a situation where they leave one open and then bank one for the next year? Is that what they could do or what? Leave two? You could leave two, but you would ideally you'd get grad transfers. Not only can they help you this year as far as veterans, bodies, and then you open that up for for the next year. Maybe they go international again yeah. for one of them. I don't think they burned too much of that class. What do you think their struggle was with grad transfers? Is it that they couldn't sell a starring role on this team? Do you think that, like, Tomas for the wing, say, yeah, yeah I, th- I think, you know, everyone's sitting there going, oh, you missed on a lot of these guys. Listen, Holyfield went to, that, that one stinks, right? That, that your relationship wasn't able to pay off. Mm-hmm. Chris Beard's kind of got a good thing going at Texas Tech. A He's bit. getting every grad He's transfer. He's getting every <laughs> transfer. Um, but you also, like for a guy like Wolden Tensei, obviously Virginia came along, but even like Isaiah Moss, I know there's some other issues there, but it's hard to sell transfers when you don't have, like Illinois football, a starting spot and a starring role to play right away. Yeah, I think that was definitely the key for players on the wing, and there were a lot of guys that they were involved with, or they tried to show interest in, and then they just didn't make, you know, didn't get traction, didn't get visits. And then for Wolden Tensei, that was a situation where he wanted to play combo guard. And you have Andres, you have Io, you have Trent. And he was more of, I want the ball in my hands rather than just being a spot-up shooter on the wing. And oh, by the way, when he was on campus, I'm not saying this this played a role, but they did a three-point contest, Alan Griffin won. I think he saw Alan Griffin, Tevian Jones, like, oh, there's actual bodies here that were yeah. good recruits that could play. I'm not just guaranteed a starting spot. He was a luxury item for Illinois. Yeah. Right. right. He was. Now, and then like, Virginia opened up. I mean, Guy and, and Jerome are gone. It's like, come in and be those guys. Okay, National sure. championship team. Right? Yeah, and it, with a starring role. It's, it kind of works for him. I thought, though, that Illinois would be more involved with V.J. Bailey. What went wrong there? 
is it grades or is it a situation you just didn't like the fit here? Because that, that was weird. That, that makes a lot of sense for him to come here. Would have used one of those scholarships. Yeah. That's a good question because Illinois was originally told that he wasn't going to take visits or really look into his options until their semester's over, which is this coming week, and then he commits to Tennessee before it even happens. And again, Tennessee was an attractive spot because they were uh, yeah, and, and a I hot say, team this I year. I say all those things, and Illinois is 14 and 18 last right, year. Right, right. I mean, that's the biggest reason yeah. for most of this stuff. All right, uh, moving on, let's stick with hoops. Um, after this eventful offseason with 11 guys on scholarship right now, and with all of the guys leaving the Big Ten, where do we rank Illinois basketball in the Big Ten. Do we have them as, as high, high as Andy Katz? As Andy Katz at 21 <laughs> in the country right now. And, uh, Andy loving his Illini. He does. Right He's doing a good job of hyping up that fan base. He's he just w- trying to get the followers. That's my. <laughs> well, he might also want to be the new Rothstein as far as having the bat phone. <laughs> Rothstein right. with Gross. Yeah. You know, said a lot of good things about Gross, and he got to well, break, he knows break how a lot that of works because boy, he owes a lot to Calipari mm-hmm. and that bat phone he had for that's years true. at ESPN. Yeah, so maybe that's his angle. Although I don't blame him for saying jump on the bandwagon for what you see no, I don't either, on the right. roster. I think 21's a little aggressive. I, I wouldn't go that high. I think I could make an argument for them being top 30. Yes. 35 for sure. Yes. As far as what a lot of other programs have, have lost, especially in the Big Ten. So I would say top 30, I, I can get on board with that. And as far as just purely the roster, the knowns on the roster, top five or six in the Big Ten, probably probably fifth. Okay, here's we all got Michigan State one. Yes. yes. I, I, it's like no Not even question close. to me. The only team that I think can compete with them talent-wise is Maryland. Yep. Uh, and they obviously lose probably a first-round pick in Bruno Fernando. Who would we have three? Ohio, Ohio State. State. So would I. Okay, so we're, we're in consensus. Three top 50 recruits, the top and they bring back both Wessons and some guards. And the best that player the Illinois State's ever seen. This is where it gets <laughs> difficult for me. Because I can see any teams four through eight or nine right. being a bubble team or a five seed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's where I really struggle in the Big Ten, and I don't think they're nearly as deep as they've been. So how do we put out this group? I'm going to put in, we'll start with Illinois, Penn State, Purdue, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa, are they still in there? And I don't know if there's anybody. Uh, Indiana? Indiana has some pieces. Minnesota is losing mere coffee. I don't yeah. think they're in that I, group anymore. I think, I think I have to go Purdue just because Matt Harms is really, really, really good. So is Williams. Travion, yeah, Travion Williams That's is really good. Too. I no, don't Joe like Eastern's really good defensively, but they, defensively they don't have they're going to be great. I don't, I don't know if they have enough scoring from their guards to get it done, but I trust Matt Painter. Yeah. Even though, even though the you know the like the postseason success hasn't been quite as good as what you want, he's still a really good coach, and I think they'll figure out a way. They had some youngsters that came off the bench. I'm trying to think of a couple of their names: Wheeler, Aaron Wheeler, mm-hmm. a couple that I think could step into their scoring roles. And let's also be honest: it's tough to showcase that you're a scorer when you have Carson Edwards on your team, who is gonna t- he's a volume scorer, and then you have some other guys like Ryan Klein, who's one of the better shooters that Purdue's had. So mm-hmm. I think you'll see some skill sets from others that we haven't really seen before to go along with their knowns of Matt Harms and Nojel Easter and Travion Williams. I agree with you. I would give probably the nod to Purdue, and they do bring in a grad transfer and. Jeff- Todd Proctor, who averaged about 20 points a game for high points. So the question is, is he a transfer like a James Palmer Jr.? Or or a Mark Allstork? Yep. I know Palmer <laughs> Jr. is from Miami, but if he's Mark Allstork, then you're really hurting at the guard spot. And yeah. I like their front court. I like no gel. I think defensively they'll be elite. Yes. So uh, I, I just, give them the edge of the others. I like Illinois. 
to be over honest. Michigan. Yes, oh. over Penn State. Yep. See what's See, interesting Penn State with me. To you last year, Michigan's they, so they're just, interesting. They're a bad op- matchup. Michigan's so interesting because Juwan Howard. We have no idea what he's going to bring. Right. Right. But they do have, I think, defensively a really good team. Like yeah, you, Xavier Simpson and John Tess. Yeah, and, and I think Livers is going to be a good player. Julius can, can guard. There's talent on the bench, right? I mean, Colin Castleton will be a sophomore. Castleton here. and Brandon Johns come to mind. So that that's where I'm starting to struggle, right? Because, I mean, they've had success. They've seen it, but they have a different coach. Um, and, yeah, the other one, Penn State, it's just they got – Maybe the Big Ten Player of the Year mm-hmm. with him and Cassius Winston, uh, and if Watkins is right, it's just the one guy I, I'm glad is gone. If you're a Big Ten fan, is Josh Reeves? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thorn inside. Sear Bolton too Illinois. was a pretty good player last year. Too, he was going to give Illinois some trouble. Miles so. Dredd's a good player. Jamar Wheeler's a good point guard. Illinois They're couldn't stay be, in front of him. No, they couldn't stay in front of. Down the stretch, Trent Frazier, and we'll find out. I don't know if we'll ever find out the full details of his injury or non-injury. He could not stay in front of anybody. Yeah. Remember fantasy just like killed him? I did. I will say this though. Michigan, I did the numbers. Michigan has forty four percent of their returning score and coming back. Like that's eleventh in the Big Ten. Illinois is number one with eight at eighty six point four percent of their scoring back. So I do think the loss of Poole, the loss your boy, and then the oh loss boy. of Charles Matthews, and then Ignis is a really big loss too. Like it's hard to replace those three guys. Are we sleeping on Wisconsin? We always are, aren't we? It's time to sleep. Yeah, I, I <laughs> really think so. It is time I, I to sleep. Apps gone. Is how good is Reavers though? He's a decent could they, player. Could they be better offensively because half is gone? No, <laughs> you know I, mean? I don't. No, <laughs> no. Trice okay. and Davison are. I just decent. don't want to be sleeping on them again, and then they're. I think you should because it's time. Greg Gard's got to prove. And as far as recruiting, they got. They're sitting here with four or five open scholarships, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, right I like now. Trice. They are a good player. Reavers, I like. The big Davison loss. is, eh. yeah, eh. They're eh in Brett general. Pretzel. Yeah. Oh, God. He's he's nearly invisible, according to Ken Palm. <laughs> and they got Sing. neither of the Hauser brothers. I mean, that's, they, not, that's not a skin color thing. No, okay. no, right. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't get the Hausers. I know that they couldn't have played this year. They ended up losing out on uh, Tyler Hero last year. That's yeah, a huge that loss. That, I feel like that's that kind of like where it started. Changer. Yeah, and Hero's going to be top 20 pick in the NBA draft. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could make a case for five, four. I could also make a case for eight. I'm thinking right? Illinois six. I have Illinois six because I trust Penn State a little bit more than them. Okay. And I think I trust Purdue a little bit more than them. But I like Illinois more than Indiana. I like Illinois much more than Minnesota. I like. Yeah, now I do. I can, right. Mayor Coffee came back. I thought those two teams were right on par with each other. Yes. And then I like Illinois much better than Iowa right now. I mean, I, Wies Camp is good. I think Garza is really good for Iowa. I'm certainly in Bohannon is killer, though. No Bohannon, no Moss, and no... Tyler Cook. Yeah. Kind of kind of a problem. Don't have to see that guy anymore. Thank God. If you're Illinois. Wies Camp's still there. I hope he takes like 30 shots a game. He probably though. will. He probably has. He probably He's will. such a was Iowa guy. Doesn't he like it? Just super He's Iowa. He's an NBA guy. The, McCaffrey, <laughs> the Pat McCaffrey kid, though, could be decent for them. Yeah. He's supposed to be good. So, kind of consensus, five through seven there? Yeah. Right you got, again... You got to be able to defend. If you don't defend, that's, you're going to be low. Concern. That's where you're going to hit the floor. That's why I have, I think, Michigan and Purdue above them because I have no doubt those teams are going to defend. And I, I know we don't know about Howard yet, but I think he's going to be a good coach. Um, and I, I just think I, I can't count on Illinois to defend yet. I think they'll be better. I think they'll be a fun team, but who can defend night in and night out? I just don't trust Illinois quite yet. All right, um, new 24-7 sports hoops rankings in the class of 2020, and that's starting to heat up. When do you leave? Not controversial at all, right? No. When, <laughs> when do you leave for the July stuff, Derek? 
That will be... Peach Jam, right? It's like the second week of July. Is that your favorite road trip? Best of the year. You stop in Nashville, right? I Just usually stop in chicken. Nashville, get some hot chicken. Best city in the Midwest. It's pretty fun. My brother lives Chicago's there now, so I can spend free if I want to stay there for, for a night. Best city in the Midwest. Is Nashville Midwest? Do we qualify Nashville uh, as Midwest? Is it too south now? It's, it doesn't it's feel below, like Midwest. It's below the Mason-Dixon line. When you're so there, go, it doesn't feel yeah. like Midwest. Yeah, so I go, yeah, okay. that, that doesn't qualify. Maybe best city in like a, a day's drive right. from here. From here. Yeah. I like Indy, but yeah, Nashville's a little more yeah. hopping. I mean, Chicago's cool. Chicago's great. Chicago's boring. Especially in the summer. Chicago's boring, actually. Chris <laughs> <Ryan>. <laughs> All right, uh, new 24-7 sports hoops rankings. Let's play a game, Derek, of overranked, underranked, or properly ranked. All right. You had to be so happy when you saw DJ Stewart. You get the email from the 24-7 sports recruiting mm-hmm. team like I did, and you see DJ Stewart. That's probably the first name you did Control-F to, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> Control-F, Stewart, and he's number 31 in the country. You've yep. been clamoring for this, Derek. <laughs> properly rated. <laughs> Very properly rated. Uh, had surprised a, you didn't say under Yeah, I was so. going to say that, too. I know. it. You could, you could argue it. You could argue it, but he's going to get his opportunity at Peach Jam. He was sensational all spring long, 24 points a game, and he was super efficient. He shot over 40% from three. So he's been known as a guy that is a pretty big-time shot maker. Some coaches I've talked to said you know, he might be more productive Jordan Poole in college, and he's showing off-the-dribble game. He wants to be a point guard. Everybody wants to be a point guard. But he's a high, high-level player. Now, the argument between Adam Miller and DJ – I don't think 24-7 got it wrong based on the spring. So Adam Miller, 39, is that properly? Probably properly. Okay. I mean, I think that as far as having a preference between the two, based on the spring, Stewart was the better player. Adam still averaged around 21 per game on the UIBL circuit, not as efficient, had a really great finish to the spring in Dallas, over 30 points a game. But am I hesitant in the argument to put DJ over a little bit just because... There was a time, I'll be honest, there's a time where Taylor looked, Taylor Horton Tucker looked better than Io, and then you get to college and Io was the better player. So it's hard there because they're both great players. Adam's a great player. Who was better this spring? No question, DJ. Well, and there's weeks you like Taylor a lot more. I mean, early in the season, yeah, Taylor was right. better. By the end of the season, Io was better, yeah, right? They're both great players. Who would, if there's a former line I, you could compare each to? I know that's unfair a lot of times, but yeah. just to give people an idea of how they play. Mm, that's tough. Or a Big Ten players. I don't, I don't know if there's Big Ten players. Yeah, I don't hate the pool comparison for DJ. I just think yeah, pool kind of dis- – he's my boy, though. He disappointed me last year a little bit. Boy, he's, yeah. consistent. he's got an NBA trade, but it just felt like he didn't work as hard. He was also yeah. horrible in the athletic the other day. He was saying something about what's the toughest player you guard, and he said Isaiah Moss. Isaiah Moss. This is the toughest Moss. player he guarded. Mm. Played him. He must put him on like bad players. <laughs> right. He didn't play much defense. This yeah. is the translation. Yeah. And I don't know how great this comp is, but Adam just reminds me of he's a bigger, more highly touted Trent Frazier because yeah. he's he's more of a scoring guard than he is a facilitating guard. Yeah. He's, he's going to be able to get his own shot in the gym range, lefty that can shoot it from three. It's just how does that transition go? If he's your pure point, how does it go as far as him making players better? That's both. For both of those guys, the biggest question Does mark. it feel like DJ Stewart is a little bit like a a better shooting Andres? Because a bulldog who can go get his, it's more like a playmaking Andres. Or maybe a little D Brown in him a little bit too? He's got a little D in him as far as personality. Not that fast. Not that fast. <laughs> not that fast. And with Andres, I would say not as much dog. That's one of the criticisms. If there are 
critiques of DJ, it's that he's not he's not a dog. I mean, he's a good competitor. I think he's a great player, but he's not a and you don't always have to be the guy talking trash. You need and, one right. of those guys. You need you need one of those guys. <laughs> you need one Draymond. Right. <laughs> I don't I don't know how much alpha he is and he needs to get stronger. But as far as that personality and charisma and all that, he's got some D to him for sure. All right. Uh, continuing the 24-7 sports hoops rankings, overranked, underranked, properly ranked. The movement in hoops. Isaiah Williams' teammate in hoops, Ryan Kalkbrenner, yeah. number 92 out of Trinity Catholic. Isaiah Williams probably a good basketball player, by the way. Not that it's a surprise. Number 92, he leaps from what? Low 100? 197, I think. Wow. He went over... Over 100 spots up. Properly ranked. I don't want to be too agreeable here to stay on brand, but getting Man, him into the top 100. Evan's, is, Evan Snow just nailed this. He did. <laughs> well, we, we're going to get down to one. I disagree, I think, after this one. But uh, Brenner, man, I, I had questions because I saw him in Milwaukee before EYBL started. And just looking at him as far as strength, he's not developed. I'm like, he might get pushed around right. in the EYBL rebounding-wise. I'm not sure how he's going to do. I mean, he averaged eight points, nine rebounds, and four and a half blocks. He's the top shot blocker in the EYBL. Macaron Fire is the best team they've had since Brunson, Jaleel, and Cliff Alexander. Uh, and that's kind of surprising to me because they've had maybe more stars in the past yeah. in that stretch. But Kalkbrenner's a big reason why, and I like him a lot as far as, as, far as upside. I know that the Illinois camp and, and others that are now starting to catch on I think he's a future pro. You talk about guys who can hedge ball screens, protect the rim, rim run, Clint Capella type role. Mm-hmm. He seems to fit very well. Definitely. Definitely. He's, he's a guy that can move really well for his size. He's got soft touch around the rim, which is encouraging. I think he's going to be able to shoot the mid-range as you develop him. He's got to get stronger. But yeah, I think defensively is the very first thing you think about is because you're, you're talking about the high-pressure defense and you're comparing it to maybe a Bob Huggins. I know it's different styles a little bit, but they've always had a rim protector. They've always had a shot blocker. You need someone like that in the post who can do that, and he's done it at a high level. Is this Illinois' Matt Harms? Possibly, yeah. Because I love him. You know what I mean? Like he's, He impacts the game so much. Like Isaac Haas, good player. Mm-hmm. One end of the floor player. True. Right? Like... Offensively, he's tough to And one spot on the floor. Yes, and one stop on the floor. When Harms was in the game, I always thought Purdue was better when they had both those guys. Mm -hmm. Just because he makes an impact so much on defensively, and he can still just dunk it on you from the other end. Yeah, I just, that's what I see his. That's a good comp. I like that one. He could, he could be that. I mean, they're got to get the hair, though. That's true. He's got a lot to do. (laughs) That's tough to do. That's NBA hair for Harms. Yeah. Can you imagine a a front court with Kalkbrenner, Kofi, and Georgie? Pretty nice. Pretty good. That's some depth there. That's pretty good. All right, let's get to some point guards. I'm going to throw these guys together. Tyler yep. Beard out of Whitney Young. Morgan Park and Whitney Young, pretty good, by the way. Yeah, they are. Uh, and unranked Marcus Watson All right, here's where out of Morgan Park. Disagrees. Overrated big time for Tyler Beard. If you would have switched Marcus Watson, put him at 161. And if Tyler Beard, I'm not saying he should be completely unranked, but if he was a three-star and we're not talking about him, I wouldn't have noticed. He had, what, a really good summer last year? Really good spring? Yeah, he, he was good in the in the spring summer last year. He was inconsistent, but he yeah, he had a stretch there. It was a spring because he yeah. was originally, after the spring in the rankings in June, he was above top 100. Above Stewart, right? He was above Stewart. Yeah. Stewart fell out of the top 100. He, he was in in the 90 range. Beer did not have – he bounced around. He, he left the mean streets. He went to Brad Beal. 
his averages, as far as the knocks on Watson is not shooting the three. Beard, I think he was one of five from three in the UIBL this this past spring. Uh, only averaged around five, six points if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. But uh, Marcus Watson, and Illinois doesn't care where he's ranked. Yeah. They don't care who's also offered. But he leads the EYBL in assists. He's top five in the, in the league in steals. There were games where he's against top 100 players, and he's the most impactful take-over-the-game player on the court. He's got to be, in my mind, in that at least top 200. He's got to be a three-star, no doubt. Needs more love. Uh, I understand he's undersized. I understand he's not a great shooter. But transition game, defense, steals, facilitating his passing is ridiculous. I'm a fan, and I understand why Illinois sees him as someone who's like, we take him long-term. All right, let's uh, go quickly with these other guys. Namari Burnett, number 29, former Chicago kid. Properly. Uh, I mean, he's borderline five-star, and that's kind of where he's at. And if he has a big July, he'll he'll be a five-star prospect. You mentioned Addison Patterson, a kid who could reclass to 2019 still. Uh, you put in a crystal ball for Oregon. Illinois is in his top three. He's number 45. Slightly underrated, in my opinion. I, I think... 30 to 40 is probably the right range for him. Uh, I thought he had a decent spring. Could have been a little bit better shooting the three, but 45 seems a little low. I picked out a couple other guys. This is the guy that kind of intrigues me because of his offer list, because of Orlando Antigua, East Coast, mm-hmm. position of need, Andre Curbelo. Properly, 75. Yeah, sorry. properly rated 75. Uh, he's stuck around that range. Uh, he's not that tall. I mean, he's six foot, probably 165, 170 pounds. Just off the charts passing and playmaking. Uh, they, they love him. They've been on him for a long time. I, I think that's one that we don't talk about enough because he's on the East right. Coast. Uh, but like St. John's, schools mm-hmm. like that are in Right. And, and Illinois is going to be a major player going forward. Coleman Hawkins, 177. Tell me a little bit about him, and is he overranked, underranked, properly ranked? Properly, properly ranked. He, he was pushing at one time for a top 100 or in that range. He's a stretch four, six, eight can play on the perimeter. She needs to shoot the three more consistently. Uh, didn't do it that well on the Adidas circuit. I think only shot like 17.5% from three. But someone that can put it on the floor. Uh, a decent athlete, not a you know above-the-rim type of guy. But yeah, he, he just he's been kind of highly touted early on like stock riser last spring and then this year hasn't really lived up to what his potential could be. The good news for Illinois is that kind of makes it a winnable recruitment for them and, yeah. and one they've been early on. Uh, I still don't know how to pronounce his name, but out of St. Louis, a shooter, Luke Kasubke, uh out of Chaminade, I mm-hmm. believe. Guy we thought early on that Illinois might push for. Seems like they, they've gone back a little bit, but uh, 186 is his ranking. Properly ranked. Uh, I still I went back and forth on him over the spring because there's just moments you're like, McQuaid, Matt McQuaid. <laughs> I mean, um, is there moments like Tim Pinky? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there is. There's a there's a small difference, right? Because you watch him on tape, and he can dunk. He like he isn't a terrible athlete. He can shoot the three. He shoots the three better than Tim Pinky. That's where they separate. But as far as being in the UIBL, there are guys who are more physical than you. They can dominate you both when you're on defense, and then can you? Take him off the dribble. That was a huge concern for Tim Finke with Luke Kasubke. He can shoot the three, but does he do the other stuff well enough? And I think that's where Illinois is like, they offered, but they're not pushing for him right now. 
Maybe they'll regret it. Maybe he turns into McQuaid, and eh, maybe they won't. Piper, I got one more for you. Right. This guy is kind of shooting up my love list a little bit. I, I get DJ Stewart's great. I know Adam Miller's great. Mm-hmm. I really like Puff Johnson. He's Puff, Puff Johnson. He, he's, he loves Cameron Johnson. Dude, yeah, he's Cameron Johnson's <laughs> oh, little brother. Yeah. Like he's like this dude's a stud. He is yeah. forty-eight. What do you think of that one? That's a good ranking. That's a good rank. Properly ranked. Is this? Does Illinois have a chance here at all? Uh, no. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Moving right along. That's tough, man. I mean, it's a great name. This, North Carolina. Name. The yeah, thing is, is like this is, really is exactly good. who I want. And like, if I could build a hooper, this is who I want. Six foot seven, long, athletic, dunker, transition, shoots the three, like Maybe everything I want. Silkiest looking jumper in in the country. Cam Johnson got, is going to be a great NBA. Cam player, Johnson, an NBA three and D guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully Alan Griffin or Tevian Jones uh, could be that for you. All right, each week we're going to end the show probably with uh, Illini of the Week. But before we get to that, I do want to make a pitch here about Illini Inquirer. We have great content, and if you haven't subscribed yet, give it a go. We do have a deal for the next couple hours. You might not be able to get it. You might be listening to this over the weekend, but if you're listening Friday night, you got a chance to sign up for an annual subscription for for $50 off, 50% off, and I can promise you, you won't regret it. I know people don't some people don't like paying for content or whatever it is. We make it worth your while. It's the best insight, best analysis. Anybody that subscribes to The Athletic, if you like that kind of stuff, that's the kind of stuff we're doing. Like Our film breakdowns that we've done of some of the recruits they're going after, some of the quarterbacks they're going after, we do that throughout the season. And people can talk about scoop and all that, but it's not just, hey, this is what's happening. It's like why this is happening, what's going on behind the scenes, and what's the reasoning for all this, plus features, all those different things. One, one of my favorite parts of our site is the what it means that we do, yeah. and, and that's really important. Sometimes the stats and the numbers and factual information is great, but what it means can really differentiate you, and that's why I think a lot of inquiry right now kind of where it's humming a little bit because stuff like that you can get different things you can get a lot of different content now we have a podcast yeah. out for you just a lot of different things that you can consume and, and if you don't get a part of this deal you can get a seven-day free trial at any point if you don't like it you can cancel and move on but i think i don't think you will so just give it a try i don't think you will get a lot of stuff that you can't get elsewhere the film breakdowns i don't don't find those anywhere else the recruiting lounges that you're able to put out each week are pretty ridiculous the the work that you put in that we put in as a group uh i trust in that and and the feedback we've gotten from people who have given us a shot uh they usually stick around and are happy and we're there we're there every day we're talking to these people we're seeing these recruits we have relationships with these people and i think it shows in our work we have a good board too yeah active board good good spot to be yeah but whenever you have open scholarships and transfers yeah, and yeah it's a little wild yeah, people can get it's wild but the they're, they're just big fans we appreciate all you guys who are subscribers of ours all right so Illini of the week isaac trotter we'll start off with you i gotta go michael massey top uh, drafted highest drafted middle infielder in illinois history caps off a great career he's going to kansas city second pick of the fourth round so kansas city chiefs they take nick allegretti in the nfl draft <laughs> and the kansas city royals they take Michael Massey now I really like this kid and and if you have a conversation with him you talk with him he's just got a great head on his shoulders he represents Illinois well he wanted to play here so badly because his dad also went here and he was great he finished his his career with a career average of 324 hit uh, five homers this year drove in 28 runs defense was awesome in the last two years he made one air combined in the last two years. Right. That's just nuts. Well, he didn't make an error in, what, 53 games? He, I think he had right. defense 26 games or something like that. Then he had a 60 errorless streak before that. He will be in the majors at some point. No doubt in my he, mind. I think he will get to the majors, and that is a heck of a success. And he can torture your, your White Sox. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hopefully that he's traded by that point. <laughs> All right, Derek Piper, your line of the week. 
In the spirit of avoiding torture, <laughs> I'm going Zach Taylor going to the Cubs. I'm going to be nice to him so that he doesn't hurt us in the future. Uh, but, yeah, Isaac already mentioned it. First player in Illinois history to produce back-to-back 10-plus homers, 10-plus steal seasons. All Big Ten first-teamer, hit 321. 12 doubles, 10 homers, 29 RBIs. I know that it was a little bit disappointing for Illinois baseball in general, particularly him at the plate last four games. Uh, didn't really get it going as far as run producing, but uh, great career at Illinois. and uh, Great bounce back for him and Yowitz this year. Yowitz went in the 10th round of the Rockies. I, I, it's great that those guys came back and, and got drafted, got drafted higher than obviously they would have watched. We gave Dan Hartlib some much-needed criticism for what he has, but we got to give him credit for what he's done on the transfer market, and he was another one that, he, that got him from Houston. Great get for Dan Hartlib. He came in and done everything right. That's going to be a massive hole. I mean, you think defensively, what do they say? Be strong up the middle. Well, Illinois is losing their best starting pitcher, their best second baseman, their best shortstop, and their center fielder next year. Taylor's going to be a massive, massive loss for Illinois. Hopefully they can replace him with somebody good. Uh, I thought of Yalowitz, but I'm going to put a, a different Illini. Former Illini golfer, former Illini assistant golf coach, Zach Barlow. Congratulations to him for getting the head job at Michigan. He's been the right-hand man for Mike Small for the last five, six years. And what a smart hire by Michigan. If, if you're going to try and, and succeed in the Big Ten in this kind of climate, why not get a guy who's learned from Mike Small over the last couple of decades? Zach had you know, a, a short pro career, but he was one of uh, Mike Small's young guys on his early teams, uh, and he was here when they started to have their rise, and then he's been able to pick Mike's brain for the last couple of years. So I think that's a smart hire by Michigan, which has really struggled here recently. But there's no reason Michigan shouldn't have a good golf program too like Ohio State had a really good golf program this year so uh, really congratulations to Zach for landing that job definitely deserved we talked with Zach you talked with him on the Warner show earlier Mm -hmm. this week and Zach said he was going to copy Mike Small right it seems like a good person to copy just kind of tells you a lot about what Mike Small does not just for the golfers but for the people on his staff too elevates them teaches them now he's going to Michigan great great opportunity for him yeah and I almost went with Nick Hardy some of the other guys that made the U.S. Open too so uh, Atlanta golf program even though it was a disappointing finish 27th in the country when that's your disappointing year it's a pretty dang good program all right if you have any input on the show if you have questions you want us to answer uh, in the future you can email us at alliniinquire at gmail.com if there's any advertisers that want to advertise on the show you can go ahead and do that as well alliniinquire at gmail.com how do we think we did today boys it's like about an hour show that was a good show yeah. B plus, yeah. B plus. Stay focused while no, the Cubs no. took an early lead on the Cardinals. No, so I, very solid A. We'll get yeah. better. We'll yeah. get better. All right. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Subscribe to us. Uh, we'll try and do this as often as possible. And we'll let you know. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at jwarner two four seven. At D Piper two four seven. At Isaac underscore Trotter two. He's got working to, on the two four seven part. Yeah, we got to change that. I'm going to change that right now. <laughs> you know when I changed mine though? That's when I, I used to have the check mark. I did too. Right. And I, and I lost it. it. Yeah. Mm. Changing. It's okay. Twitter. People know who I am. We'll talk to you again soon. Hey, so I'm not done. Uh, just wanted to weigh in. This is Jeremy Warner. After we kind of finished this up, we we're getting ready to post this. The NCAA makes an announcement on Luke Ford that they have denied his waiver once again. They've upheld their decision of an NCAA transfer waiver for immediate eligibility. And this is obviously very disappointing news for Illinois. And if you're an Illini fan, anger is understandable in this case. Because Tate Martell is eligible, because Justin Fields is eligible, because Tom Mars, who was representing the Ford family in Illinois at the end of this thing, felt he got a great case for Luke Ford. 
Uh, I've said all along. I didn't think Luke Ford's case for a hardship waiver was great. I, I you know, it wasn't his. It was it wasn't his father, mother, brother. It was his grandfather, and the NCAA has ruled against that. He wasn't within a hundred miles of town uh, of Champaign. Um, so the hardship waiver requirements that they seem to be strict. He he didn't fit those, but so do other people that that are getting waivers, and it doesn't make sense. And the inconsistency of the NCAA is maddening, and and. They live by their rules, and I think NCAA members, including Josh Whitman in Illinois and the president here, they need to change their rule. They need to change the rule to allow the NCAA to make these things a little bit easier and a little bit more clear-cut. The fact that we just hear this is final and binding, um, we don't really have any other information from them. It just leaves us confused as why Luke Ford is denied and why others are allowed. Right, that that's the most confusing thing of this. The press release today all says the NCAA informed the University of Illinois that Division One Appeals Committee for Legislative Relief denied the waiver request filed on behalf of football student athlete Luke Ford. Ford, who transferred to Illinois from Georgia last winter, his freshman season, had requested immediate eligibility for the 2019 football season. Ford will now sit out the 2019 season as a year in residence and practice with the team before remaining eligible in uh, 2020. The NCAA based the decision on guidelines and used during the original process. No further appeal is available, and the decision is final and binding. That's from the University of Illinois. That's what we get. Um, they probably get a better explanation, a little bit, uh, from the NCAA. And as I told you, the, the rules of within 100 miles, uh, not being his grandfather, that maybe Luke isn't needed to care for his grandfather. His grandfather wants him to play. Obviously, Luke wants to be closer to home. Uh, Georgia was helpful in this process, just like Illinois was for Mark Smith. But why is Mark Smith eligible? And, and Luke Ford isn't. Is it the allegations against Brad Underwood? Is that why he's eligible? That's what is so maddening here is we don't know the reasons this guy's eligible and this guy's not. The rules are too gray for other people and they're too black and white for other people. That's what doesn't make sense here. And the way to fix this for me it's simple to me if you're the NCAA members or you, I think the NCAA guys, the people that go over this, the appeals process, would probably like it for a more clear cut. Let everybody transfer once if they want without penalty. Or don't let everybody transfer. Make everybody sit out a year, regardless of what their circumstances is. Take the emotion out of it. Take the gray area out of it. Either way, I think everybody should be able to transfer once. If coaches are able to leave without penalty, just buyouts and all that, that that's my opinion. But make the rules a little easier to understand. Make the rules a little bit more clear-cut for everybody involved, whether it's team, whether it's players, whatever it is. When you get into these judgment calls, that's where it just gets... It just never looks good for the NCAA. And the member institutions, the the president of Illinois, they're the ones who can push this kind of thing. And I I just think at some point, make it a little easier. Change these rules to make it more clear. Uh, It's disappointing news from a football perspective for Illinois. Obviously, Luke Ford is the most talented tight end in this group. Uh, Daniel Barker, they're they're really high on. But if you would add Barker and Ford, you feel like you would add two really good tight ends there. Uh, Ford is a great blocker. That's what I love most about him is is the physicality aspect of it. He was still catching up to to speed in the system. Uh, My expectations for him wouldn't have been really high in 2019. 
Uh, they'll be higher probably in 2020 with a year in the system, but uh, he would have been a great threat. Right? He's a, he's a red zone threat. He's a mismatch that you just don't have. You don't have to take him off the field. Barker needs to show improvement as a blocker. Griffin Palmer, can he take a step forward? Uh, former walk-on Bobby Walker, he's he's a senior, uh, really tough kid, a little bit undersized, but he's going to play a role here. Those are basically your three guys there. And, you know, you hope you, you, they don't use the tight end as much. It's not a focal point of this offense, but with Luke Ford, you thought it could have been. So that's what's disappointing here uh, for Illinois is uh, Luke Ford could really help them, but just the inconsistency of, of the implication of the – said rules and whether this person gets the the black and white treatment of the rule and this person gets the gray area uh it's really maddening all right so i'm just adding this was a bonus part of the podcast felt incomplete without putting this on as the news just broke uh so subscribe to our podcast we appreciate listening we'll talk to you next time